Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Woo! I think we had a good one tonight, Brian. Man, I we have we... a great show yeah, we have you all yeah. tonight. Yes, yes. And you know what, Brian? It's going to be something. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, tonight we're going to touch on a topic that, you know, people, you know, some people laugh about, but definitely more people are concerned and they cry about. Yes. You know, and it's also, we're going to also talk about a hidden part of that, of this topic that not really a whole lot of people even discuss, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, we're going to discuss the reasons why they don't discuss it. Mm-hmm. But then also, we're going to try to come up with, of course, a solution to these problems that, you know, face us today. Yes. You know what, Brian? <clears throat> it's so sad when we are riding, driving in our cars and we see uh, a couple. Uh, let's say we're in a Walmart parking lot and we see a couple arguing. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We know what's going on. Either uh, it's going to happen there in the parking lot. It's going to happen at their jobs, and we know for sure that it's happening in their homes. And the sad thing about it, Brian, the person that's being beaten, they have no help. And, you know, we can sit back and say, well, why don't this person leave, and why don't this person do this, or why don't this person do that? Brian, you know we've had women on the show that talked about how they were in a uh violent relationship that they just couldn't walk away from it right then um, but you know there are red flags do you think that's something that uh, the ladies don't pick up on you know sometimes they do and they just overlook them maybe but again sometimes they don't sometimes you're when you're in a relationship you sometimes you can be blinded by you know love or lust or whatever have you whatever your relationship is built on right you know, and a lot of times we get so deep into those relationships that we get, you know, we overlook it or we just don't want to face it. Mm. Yeah. And the sad thing about it, Brian, is children are involved now. You know, the little boys, they see their father beat the mother or they see the mother beat the father. And a lot of times what they do is they'll take that into their adulthood and they'll do the same things. Yeah, and Brian, I know you had some friends. Uh, you and I spoke about this a long time ago. I don't know if you remember, but you had friends that pretty much did the same thing. They grew up in a household like that, and now they're married, mm-hmm. or they have a girlfriend, and they're doing the exact same thing that 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 they cried about. Yes, yes. You know, and or they're on the converse side. They're victims. You know, they grew up watching their mother get her head cracked every Friday night. You know, and then when they grew up, they ended up dating a man who cracked their head every Friday night. Yeah. And they just put up with it. And, Brian, you know what? One thing I can't understand, I know one of the excuses for tonight's topic is I was drinking and, please forgive me, I didn't know any better. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't know that I did this to you until I woke up this morning because I was drinking alcohol. I, I just didn't know. But you know what? That's not that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. That that person is still hurt. Yeah. They're still hurt. Yeah. You know, it's sad that you see people go through the same cycle, the same cycles. You know, we live in a cyclic world where it seems like the more things change, the more they stay the same, and we, you always see something. You know, I always hear people say, there's nothing new under the sun. You're going to see that again. Yes. And, and, and it's so sad, Brad. I mean, we see it all over the place when you turn your television on, on the news, the evening news, or you, you pick up the paper, you see some man and, uh, has killed his family, the entire family, because of something that he and the wife or the wife and the husband were going through it I mean what can be so bad for someone to put a gun to a mother's head and pull the trigger or put a knife to her throat 
and cut her in front of the children and then turn around and grab the children and do the same thing to them and then kill themselves. You know, I think it just it gets gets to a point where, you know, you have to know you know you have to know who your creator is and what he what he can do for you and you know, because nowadays you you can't just go around thinking that you can fix that type of problem, you know. Right. Right. You know, and, and tonight, that's, you know, that's what we're on here. We're discussing ways to fix it, ways to find solutions. But at the same time, you have to be able to find your own way. You know, you have to take what we're saying and say, okay, I've heard what they've said. Is this the best situation for me? Yes, no. If, it, if you're in that situation out there, listeners, and you need to find a, you need to find a way out. There are plenty of ways to get out. You need to find the way that's best for you. Because it's difficult when somebody's trying to tell you, help, I'll help you, I'll help you, I'll help you, I'll help you. And then you don't really want to take their help because you're afraid of the consequence. Yes. And, and Brian, sadly enough, it happens all the time. Right now, it's Friday. Someone is being beaten right now. Right now. In front of their children. Yes. It, it, it's just sad. It's so sad. This domestic violence thing, uh, we definitely have to step up to the plate and say enough is enough. Too many people are being injured. You know, I was in the emergency room last Friday, Brian. I went to see my friend in there, and I saw some, some ladies in there. I don't know if they were in there for that reason or not, but to just look at them and say what if they were. You can't see it. You can't tell. You don't know. You don't know uh, what a person is going through in their life. You don't know what that person is going through at their home when they come to work. And a lot of times, Brian, when people come to work and they're dealing with these domestic issues, there is a chance you see something about that person that's a little bit different from day to day. And it's so sad for a woman that, that that's at work and she has to wear sunglasses to to hide the the dark things that the ugliness that happened at home, or to call in and say she's ill when she's hurt. Yes. And the children are right there. You know, and and even sadder is when the children are watching, and they're innocent bystanders, and and then they feel as if they have to protect mama. Yeah. And so that so they involve themselves. You know, I can recall a case uh, probably about a year or so ago, I think, it was um, here in the Florida area where a man killed his his children's mother, his two sons, her other son, but he spared his daughter. He didn't kill the little girl, but he killed everybody else. Mm. And the sad part about it is that they he killed them, and nobody knows why. It's just like he just completely just flipped out. I don't know, maybe it was because he couldn't be with her, or, you know, you never know what the situation is. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's very sad. Yes. Brian, I know you... You know, you grew up down in southern Florida, and I grew up in Georgia, uh, two totally different places. And I know that um, a lot of your friends, and I had friends that went through the domestic violence thing. It's it's a, it's such a sad thing. And now we're in a new place. It's uh, I mean, what do you say when you have children growing up to that? And you and I, we coach peewee football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guarantee you some of the children that we coach were going through that. And you know the sad thing about it is a lot of the kids will grow up thinking that's normal. You know what? It's and If you really look at the word, it's become so commonplace that they've changed it from, you know, spousal abuse or child abuse to domestic violence as if it's become domesticated to be violent towards one another. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what's so sad about it is that the children 
you can ask in, you can ask the majority of children, they've become so um, inundated with violence, violence, so much violence around. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, I kid around with my wife, and sometimes, you know, we may pass little love taps, you know, no fighting or anything. Right. But because my children have seen that cycle of violence on TV, they always think that we're fighting. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell them, we're just playing now. Mm-hmm. We're just playing. We're not fighting. We're playing, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's like, wow, because I remember the first time when uh, my wife and I, I forgot what I did to her, and she was mad. And my baby said, Mom and Daddy, please don't fight. I don't want you to fight. And I'm like, what? We're not fighting. We're just playing. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I realized is that she had witnessed somebody fighting before. Mm-hmm. You know, and she and she ended up telling us what happened. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Because typically you want to be the person to talk to your children about a situation like that before they see it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't realize that I'd have to talk to my eight-year-old daughter about domestic violence and the fact that when mommy and daddy are playing around, it's not we're not fighting like, you know, real fighting. We're just playing. Right. And Brian, you know what? The hidden one of the hidden things I heard you say just at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Men are battered as well. Yes. Yes. You know, there's 835,000 men battered each year, but you know what? That's the ones that call in. Those are, those are the cases that, you know, someone did something and called in. But you, I can guarantee you it's probably the same amount, if not more, that go, you know, no one is calling in and no one is saying anything and they're dealing with it. And, Brian, you and I know the first thing a man is going to do if he's being abused because, of, because he, he's a man, he, he, he's not going to say anything because of being ashamed. You know, that you hit the head right on the, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. A lot of men aren't going to come out and say, my wife beat me. Yeah. Because now you, they make it seem like, oh, you're weak. Yes. You know? And then the other thing, what most men will say, man, you better hit her back. Well, you better, better be a backhand man. backhand her and knock her out. Yeah, and see, right man. away, you know, you thinking, man, I don't want to hit my wife or I don't want to hit my girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, but she's hitting you, mm-hmm. you know. And if you don't show your your manliness, mm-hmm. then it's going to continue. And that's the same way with women. If a man beats you and you let him beat you and you don't do anything about it, then he's going to think, oh, I can whoop her. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. The first time a man hits you and you pop him back a little bit harder, you know, or or you fight him like you're ready to kill him. I guarantee he'll think twice before he hits you again. But Brian, what about the what about the women that 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 we see and we know with the broken arms and the broken jaws and the broken legs, and they still stay with this person after years and years. Some of them twenty, thirty years, and it's been going on since day one, all the way up until now. And the same thing with a lot of men. You, you know, know, men I... men are being beaten. All the time, and you know when you know I'm sure that now that you and I are talking about this, I guarantee you someone out there is laughing because they're they're saying a man, yes, it happens, it happens a lot of times it happens. You may have a wife that drinks and and do whatever it's not always the man um issuing the violent behavior out all the time, yeah, and you know and and some of that is because. You know, like I said before, maybe that man does love that woman. He doesn't want to hurt her. He doesn't want to beat her. He doesn't want to hit her. But she is the violent one, and she gets to the point where she wants to dole out some punishment because maybe she's upset or maybe she was abused as a child and she wants some payback, Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm not saying that's the case every time, but, you know, that that was something that I didn't even realize prior to today, that 835,000 reported cases of men being abused by women, you know, and I'm thinking like, wow, that's a lot. And I you know, mean, I know it's, a, it's probably only a fraction of the number of women who are beat, but see, nobody's talking about that. 
And, Brian, what's the the number one thing that a man will say if he called the police and say, you know what, or the sheriff, I, I, I need you to come to my home, such and such is going on, I need some help. The police officer or the sheriff, they arrive. The first thing that they're going to do is go to that woman and say, ma'am, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. What did he do to you? Now, yep. this man said, wait, wait a minute, no, it's the other way around. The police officers or the sheriff, sometimes they will laugh. Yeah. They'll laugh at the situation. You know, it, it, it's almost as if, and I think that's another reason why the man doesn't call, because, you know, I've seen in some cases, because I know some people personally who have gone through this, and I've seen in some cases where if the man gets on the phone to call the police or call anybody, the woman starts to scream. Yes, yes. You know, I'm, I can remember a case where a friend of mine went through that where his girlfriend threw herself into the mirror. You know, she was beating him, and he's like, man, I'm calling the police, you know. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, he's in jail. And I'm like, what happened? It's like, man, she saw, you know, she's beating me, I'm running. And then she throws herself up against the wall and then throws herself into the mirror and cuts herself. They see cuts on her, and I'll go down. Yeah. You know, and they don't take her because she's crying hysterically when they get there. And it's almost as if, okay, if this woman was really being abused, you know, the way that she said it, most of the time, you know, unless it's just the type of woman who's going to just fight back right away, mm-hmm. they're not going to say a word when the police get there. They're going to be too afraid to. Mm-hmm. Now, you some, you have some that become empowered when that occurs, but most women who have been abused on more than once by their spouses, First of all, they're not calling the police. If they are, they're going to wait till it's safe to call. They're not going to call while he's standing there beating them. You hey, know, Brian, just just think about the the shelters that that's all around this country. Mm-hmm. They they have homes for the battered women, and no one can know where these homes are. If you just think about that, you're in a city. You're in a city. And, and then a woman is being beaten. Now she's been removed from her home, and now she's under police protective custody or whatever they call it. And she's living in a home, in a house somewhere that this man has no idea where she is. Just think about the concept. Just think about that. This woman is now hiding. They are hiding this woman from this man. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's pretty much protecting them is is the fact that he doesn't know where she is, but once he finds out where she is, the only thing that's protecting him is a sheet of paper called a what? A restraining order. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a restraining order stop anyone from doing anything that they wanted to do. So tell me, Brian, what do you think is needed? What do you think we need to do? Should we just move the woman from one state to another state, I know there's jurisdictional issues with doing that, but what is these women are living in fear? You know, it's the the sad part about it is if that person wants to get to that to get to that particular person, you know, if it let's say in the case of a woman that's running away from a man who's been abusive, if he wants to get to her, he's going to get to her eventually. Yes. You know, and that's that's if he's persistent enough and he wants to get to her. Now, she can be protected only by so much. I mean, when you think about it, people have shot presidents with social, you know, with with security guards and secret service agents all around. Yes. yes. So it's not like that person can be completely, you know, protected, but they do have places where... That person can be moved, safe houses and everything. But even with the advent of the Internet and, you know, the World Wide Web, man, it's not difficult to find somebody if you really, really want to find them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're literally a click away. Yes. But, you know, uh, I have someone in the chat room right now. They're talking about they've gone through this and, and you know, the shelters do more uh, than just take a woman from – Cross the lines or whatever, and and I and I do agree that there's a lot that happens that we don't know anything about as a man. We don't know anything about these, but um, it, it, it's just really sad that you have to move and leave 
fighting for your life mm-hmm. because a, a person is so angry that they'll, you know, cause bodily harm to you and your and your kids. Not not even think, you know, we're not we haven't even touched on the mental side of what this is doing to that person. Oh yeah. You know, this person is living in a prison in their home and in their mind. Hmm. It, it's it's just a sad thing. Uh, and again, I think there needs to be something else. We need to really, really focus in on this uh, a lot more than what we're doing. Yes, yes. But you know, I'm reading the chat room now, and uh, the person in there saying, "You have no idea." And what about the kids? You know, we talked about the kids. Yes, they're really the the real victims. You know. Aside from the, that person that's been, you know, brutally victimized physically, it's the emotional abuse and the mental abuse that the children experience, you know, and that's what's really that's what really continues the cycle of violence. Yes, you know, like we talked about earlier, when the when the children see somebody, you know, getting their head beat in, and mama's saying, "Baby, don't worry about it." Baby, don't worry about it. Don't cry. It's going to be okay. Go into your safe place. Go in. I remember a friend of mine who has a who had a hiding place for her children. So when her man would come home and he get stupid and beat him and start to beat on her, they would go hide under the bed. And Brown, what about the women that go to the law and and and, and say, "I'm dealing with this." Well, ma'am, there's really nothing that we could do because. We're waiting for him to do something else. That something else could be murder. Exactly. You know, and, you know, the laws are so, see, the laws are there to protect, but at the same time, protect who? Because, you know, he has a right to do everything except hit you. And if you have no, view, you know, if you don't have any bruises, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you can't see the mental bruises. You know, that's the thing. You can't see the mental bruises. If you don't have any physical marks on you or anything like that, and see, for those, for you know, and when we were talking about the women who abuse men, you know, they already figured the system out. All They know that all they have to do is get one mark. That's it. That man can have a couple of marks depending on what state you live in. If If he has marks, they won't take her. They'll just have him leave. That's right. She'll say, I'll have to defend myself. And now he has to go, even if it's his house. You know, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight we're talking about domestic violence and how it affects, you know, children, families, friends, people, society. If you have a question or a comment that you'd like, or you'd like to just chime in and discuss it with us, the call-in number is 718 718- Five zero eight nine six zero zero. That's seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. You know, I'm reading this chat room, and I and I uh, the, to the person in the chat room, we appreciate all the information you're giving us. Yes. You know, Greg, and I see. I, I think you can see it as well. She talked about how there's a pro, there were a, there was a program where she was located, and uh, I think she had. More than likely, she was a victim of uh, domestic abuse. And she talked about there was a program that was run by a man. Mm -hmm. By men, right. By men. Right. You know, and she was in that program with her two children. And that's so important because she said they ran it, the men ran it so that you could see a man who wasn't abusive. So you could see a gentleman. And, you know, I think that's really the the thing that, that's key on both sides. See, when children see abuse, they look at abuse. If they see it all the time, they start to adapt to it. They get used to it. You know, because think about it. When we were children, somebody would talk about you day in and day out, call your names, ha, 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 laugh, laugh. After a while, it doesn't bother you anymore. <laughs> yes. You know, it doesn't bother you anymore. You start calling them names, and it becomes normal. Hey, big head, yeah, I do have a big head. Your head is big, too, you know. And so, hey, fat, so, yeah, I'm fat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm fat. You're fat, too, you know. 
I'm ugly. Yeah, you ugly too. You know, I got it from your mama. They get used to that. And after a while, it's no big deal. You know, it's no big deal. And so in the same context, when they see abuse and they see it for years and years and they see it over and over and that person's not saying, this is wrong, I'm getting away from this, and they and that person becomes to it, you know, starts to adapt to it, you know. Those kids when they get older, when they see somebody getting whooped, they say, "Oh man, she had it coming." That's what my daddy said. Oh, that's what, oh he had it coming. He must have did something dumb. That's what my mama said. Mm-hmm. My mama said next time my daddy um, didn't come home straight from work and bring her the whole check, she was gonna cut him, and that's what she did. Yep. And Brian, so what about what? when I get old, I'm gonna cut my husband too. And Brian, you know, both you and I both we go to a detention center every Tuesday night, and we talk to the boys. Mm-hmm. You can guarantee that most of them grew up around this. You can pretty much guarantee a lot of them that grew up around it with the anger uh, that they have, and sometimes I'm not saying that these kids are uh, not respectful to the women that work in the center. But you can tell that they treat them totally different than how they talk and act with the men. There's a big difference. Now, I don't know it, uh, if it's fear of, of the man fighting them or hitting them or whatever, but with the women, a lot of them, they have this attitude towards a woman that, that is almost as if to say, you know what, I'm going to challenge your authority no matter what you do. No matter what you say, it doesn't matter. I'm going to challenge your authority. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You know that that's when you look at that. Most of those children who challenged those women's authority, mm-hmm. they've been doing it all their life. They've never had an authority figure in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when they see an authority figure, see, and most most children, especially ones who have been who've seen domestic violence firsthand or been victims of domestic violence firsthand they understand one thing authoritative people are physical mm-hmm. and because those women don't look like uh someone you know they don't look physical you know they don't look like they can go upside your head and and, and knock you in the next week so they don't respect them they don't respect them because that's not authority to them. You know, authority to them is someone who says, you know what, if you don't stop, I'm going upside your head. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go upside your head right now just because you you tried me. You know, you disrespected me. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Brian, a lot of times the women that are that are in these type relationships, it's it's like they're being beaten. They're being beaten, and you know what? And, and and they will say, oh, it's my fault. I made him angry. Oh, it's my fault. I shouldn't have done this. Or let me get home before he gets upset or before he does. And they they never put the responsibility on the angry person. It's always in them. And they, and they come home thinking, you know what, it's going to get better. He's going to change. Well, in your mind, you want him to change. But you can't will another person to change. Mm-hmm. They have to want to change themselves. Yes. And I've read that only 1% of the men that are in these abusive relationships and that, that are doing all of this stuff to people, only 1% will go to counseling. 1%. I would say probably less than 1%. Mm-hmm. And, and many of them, you know, it. sometimes I, I get a little choked up about it because I know people personally who've gone through this and they would continue to say but I love him but I love him I can't leave him he's the father of my children Mm. or he's my first love and I always tell how can you say you love this that person does not love you you know oh I gotta be a good wife I can't leave him because you know uh, to death do us part for better or for worse. And I always tell them, if somebody is is yoking you upside the head, it means you're not equally yoked, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so, you know, let's, let's go to a caller. We have a caller from the 
757 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller from 757. Okay. I think we got them to hang up here. Uh-oh. All right. We didn't mean for that to happen. We didn't want you to hang up. Call back. Call back. We won't go to you. <laughs> we want you to listen in. We want you to hear. Yes. Oh, wow. You know, I'm I'm reading this the information from uh, a person in our chat room, and, you know, I've seen that as well. You know, one thing we didn't talk about, and uh, I kind of alluded to a little bit, is the situations when you're in a church that promotes it. And they say, you can't leave him. You have mm-hmm. to stay and stick it out. Mm-hmm. You know, or they'll say, you, you can't get divorced. Because if you get divorced, that's, not, that's against God's law. You know, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a lot of times you'll have these, quote, unquote, cultic type churches that would rather see you get your head beat in because they're saying you have to obey your husband. You know? Where they take that one part of the, uh, you know, in the Bible, and they place it on the wife's head and say, you have to obey your husband, submit to him, obey him and submit to him. You know, and they're not looking at the other part that says, uh, love. (laughs) What happened to the love part? He does love you. He just has a problem. Or or like our our last uh, guest on the show, he, he has a disease. You know, he talked about that. Um, it's it's crazy. Yes, That's it is. not a disease. Yes, it is. You know, abuse is not a disease. I think, Brian, I think we have to be very, very careful who we go to for help in yes. situations like this. I think if you go to your, your pastor of your church or you go to uh, somebody else in your church and they're telling you to stay there, he'll be okay, but... He's not that they're not trying to help the both of you, then there's something wrong. Yes. And a lot of times women will say this, Brian. I know if I do this or if I go here for help, I know he will kill me. Just like the lady that they're investigating the police officer or the sheriff or whoever he is, they're investigating him. The 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 family said that she told them if mm-hmm. I come up missing it's him. He did it. Yeah. But she couldn't leave. Or she wouldn't leave. We have some very sick people out there, Brian, some very ruthless people out there right now. And a lot of times we don't know the situation that that woman is in, and we may look at it and say, well, she's stupid for staying there. Right. This man may be violent or, or angry or whatever you want to call it enough to kill the children, and they will do it. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times she's 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 a prisoner in her home and she's a prisoner in her own mind, and there's absolutely nothing that she can do. <laughs> yeah. That that's the sad part because sooner or later, if he continues to beat her, it, it's it's going to the graveyard. It's going to be something so bad. It, I mean, what else can happen? Hmm. It gets worse. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard women say it gets worse. The longer you're there, it gets worse. You know, and and the real issue behind this is that cycle. And I keep going back to that because we have to begin to talk about it so we can break the cycle. There's a cycle of violence that's out there. And we have to begin to talk about this. We have to tell our children that what that's wrong, you know, they even i mean when even when you think about cartoons you know i mean cartoons <laughs> yeah. when you look at cartoons they make violence funny now i'm not against cartoons per se you know some cartoons that kids definitely shouldn't watch but there's some others that they make it funny they make it okay and they in turn indoctrinate our children so that when they see something like that, it lessens the blow. But they also feed them so that the you know so that they already are are being mediaized. Or how, how how can I say that? They're being mediatized, where 
They see this in the media, so now they want to go out and get more of it, more of it. So they're going to watch TV because they've become voyeuristic. And they've been feeding themselves with the cartoon violence so much that now they have to see the real violence, you know. And you have to almost now put disclaimers on stuff and say this is fantasy violence. It's not real because nowadays children look at it and they think it's real because it looks so real. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at video games, they look so real. Heck, you know, you have a game where somebody shoot somebody and you can see the blood splatter on the wall and you know it looks so real but then you can get up in the video game and start playing as that person again kids don't look at violence and death as being final and so they grow up with those same type of mentalities because they've been fed that all their life you know and in the same turn there's been a lack of respect for the law because you know and especially especially in low socioeconomic communities you know, the law, you know, has always been looked upon as being, oh, man, here come the fuzz. Oh, they coming to mess with somebody. Oh, they taking such and such to jail. Oh, they messing with Ray Ray. He didn't do nothing. All he was trying to do was feed his family. And so we look at them in a negative light. And so immediately we say, well, I'm above the law. I ain't worried about them. They all they all they trying to do is kill me anyway. You know, and we get to the point where we don't respect the law, and so we don't follow the rules of the law. So we'll beat somebody, we'll fight them, we'll cut them, we'll scratch them, we'll do whatever we want to because we ain't worried about the law. What they gonna do to me? They gonna do it anyway. And one thing, one another thing too that's very important too, Brian, is is domestic violence is not something that's talked about uh, out in the open. Right. It, it's it's not talked about. It's not being talked about. In the churches, it's not being talked about in meetings and offices. It, you know, you see it. Like I said earlier in the beginning of the show, you can see it in a woman that you work with or or a man. Sometimes it's kind of hard to tell with a man, but with a woman, you can tell. You can look at her and you can tell that she's going through something. And you sometimes you can see the bruises. Mm-hmm. But what can you say? You really can't go to her and say, well, ma'am, I, I I'm con- I'm a little concerned, whatever you know. And now you're now you're crossing, instead overstepping your bounds by doing that. Because like you said earlier, she may say, "Well, that's my husband, and I love him. I love him. He's going to get better." Or then again, she'll tell you, "This is none of your business. I'm okay. Please don't get involved. Because if you get involved, my life is really in jeopardy." Because if I bring an outsider on the inside to this, it can get worse. Mm-hmm. It can get worse. Yeah. And that is just uh, it's just a sad situation. And for a woman to be in a position like this and seeing and knowing that the kids are suffering and there's really not much she can do, uh, you know, she she's done everything that she could do, at some point something is going to have to break. And a lot of times what will happen is that woman will get an, enough courage. She'll just say, you know what, he's going to kill me anyway. Let me make my move now. Let me get my children and go somewhere. I'd rather die trying to live a free life than stand with this man forever and stand in prison. Mm-hmm. Than you know, stand in prison. Wow. You know, when I when I think about the impact that it has on on you know, well, first the person, but you know, I keep going back to the children because you know they are the ones that continue this thing on. You know, if we could stop domestic violence right now today, and one child after that witnessed domestic violence, this cycle could be could could continue. And so that's why it's so important that, you know, those who are listening, you need to talk to. If you've been a victim of domestic violence, talk to your children. You know, talk to them. Teach them that the right things to look for in a spouse, in a mate. You know, teach them the things that that they should that they should watch out for. Teach them about the red flags. You know, if you're in a relationship and you know, this person just gets mad, 
and blows up on you out of the blue and you never seen him blow up like that before, that might be a red flag. You know, you all get into a, a, a heated discussion about something and that person decides to grab you or push you or hit you and then says, oop, I'm sorry, that, that'll never happen again. That's like five or ten red flags. You have to be aware. And the only way you'll be aware of what's going on is that you have to know what the signs are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Brian, we talked about some of those signs just in our last show the other night. Yes. And yes. That, that was one of them. Yes, in the relationship show. Yes. Definitely. And, um, you know, it's, like I said, it, it's a difficult topic to talk about because when you when you know people personally who've been victims of it, you know, I've known people who had their legs broken because they said they were going to leave, so the person decided to break their leg. I mean, <laughs> whew. Um, I, I've known people that, you know, when they were trying to say something, you know how when you're talking to somebody and sometimes when you want to get a word out, you'll raise your hand? Mm-hmm. I've known a person to raise their hand by accident while they're talking. And because they raised their hand, the person broke their wrist and said, you don't raise your hand unless I give you permission to. You know, and so when it when it when it gets that close where you know people personally who've been victimized like this or people who've gone through it, you know, male and female. You know, I have a friend, I won't mention, you know, what happened to him per se. I'll just say that he's been a victim of domestic violence, you know, from his spouse. Happens, it happens. You know, and most people when you hear about it, you laugh because when I first heard about it, you know, I'm be honest. I said, what? You, what happened? No, man, you lying. You know, and, I, and it was almost, it was comical because the way he explained the situation, and I thought about it, I said, man, that's, that's jacked up because there's nothing he can do. You know, and, and, and on the case with men, men are even at a worse, in a worse state because, you know, it's not just that you're challenging your manhood, they already expect you to be the aggressor. Yes. So if you come in and saying, you know, I'm not the aggressor, it's her. And both of y'all got marks, you going to jail, she going to the doctor. <laughs> you know, it's all about who has the most marks. And if she bruised easily, you in trouble. You know, even if you didn't do anything. You know, I know a situation where... uh a young lady was upset with her husband, and she pistol. She had her friend pistol whip her with her husband's gun while her husband was out of town. And he gets back into town. She's checked into, you know, a shelter. And he gets, and, and they come to him, hey, man, you pistol whip your wife. She just called us. Don't know anything about it, huh? He's like, what? Yeah, your hand. With she said, you did it with your pistol. We found the pistol in your house with blood on it. <laughs> you know, and he's looking like, are you are you serious? I was out of town. I just got back in. You know, the only thing that saved him was a receipt. <laughs> yes. When he went out to lunch with a friend, and that's the only thing that saved him. And you know what? That makes it look so bad. For the women that are actually living in this terrible dream, or not a dream, but a nightmare, they're, they're living it. And f- to have someone fake it and say that's that's the worst. That's the absolute worst. Because it's going to make the next woman behind her that really needs the help, and she's probably not going to get it. Nope. She's probably not going to get it. You know, and, and sadly, with this friend of mine, you know, it took him over a year to get the mess straightened out. You know, and, and, and consequently, he lost out on potential jobs that he was looking, you know, to get into because 
He was so busy with, you know, trying to save his own hide. You know, and so, yeah, and, and you know, I'm reading the chat room, yes, and he spent a lot of money. <laughs> yes, very, yes, a lot of money. You know, and this was you don't this was all because she wanted out of the relationship. You don't want that on your record. Oh no! You, it, it, to think you're going to get an office job, it's 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 going to be tough. You know, and and the sad part again, the sad part about it, when he did try to get jobs, as soon as they found out that he was, you know, even though he wasn't convicted of it. When they run, when they run you, they say, "Okay, yeah, he's in the system, but he wasn't convicted." That's not what shows up <laughs> in that system. When they, and if they don't take it out of the system, you know, because part of that is trying to get that that negative information out of the national system once it's in there, because they put it in there, and in, and it takes a court order to have them remove it, and that's usually what happens when you're exonerated. But if it's not moved in time, you're stuck, and it's in there. And once they trade that information with other states and so forth, you know, they run you and it, they get a hit, it's coming back, and they say, oh, yep, the red flag, we got him. He did this, he did that, comes back on your report. And now you're looking like, well, wait a minute, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you did. It says you did this in 1997. No, but I was... I was acquitted. Well, bring us some paperwork. Show us the proof. So now you got to dig up paperwork that, you know, happened 12, 13, 14 years ago, you know, and wow. Yes. You know what, Brian? There are so many women out there that have gone through this, and now they're living the life that they should have been living. They've overcome this. They're walking in victory. They're stronger now more than they've ever been in their life. They're happy. They some of them are now they have new husbands and they are just so happy and that's something that can come out of this. It can happen. You can have joy and happiness again. It it can come. Uh, you know, I say hold on to your dream. Hold on to it. It may you may be in a bad situation right now. But you're going to have to hold on. You'll make it out of it. And one thing that happens, Brian, in this domestic violence world, the self-esteem of the person is one of the first things to go. You start thinking worse of yourself or less of yourself, and you start thinking that you're not worthy to live a better life, and now you're, you're accepting this behavior from this man, and you're accepting bad things to happen in your life, and that's exactly what's going to happen. But once that person make up in their mind that they can live a better life and they can get away from this animal, then things will start to change. Yes. There will be a change. A change will come. But it all starts in your mind. Yes. You know, wow. When I start thinking about the situations that people allow themselves to get into, there's what there's there's got to be a solution, you know, Greg. What do you think the real solution to this problem with domestic violence is? Oh boy, it, it's so hard. It's so hard to to say. I, I I think we need to spend more time in our dating, paying attention to the person, yes. because that person will. There, there's signs that will come up that we need to really pay close attention to. Mm-hmm. Especially when adversity is when we're when that person is faced with adversity. You will see it. Yes. You know, I, how, I, I was thinking, Greg, I think it's truly education. Mhm. Education. We have to educate ourselves and then we have to educate our future. Mm-hmm. Because that's part of it. Most of these children that are out there don't even know. Most of the people, most adults, don't know how to look for signs in someone who's abusive. Mm-hmm. And then when they do see those signs, they don't know what to do. Even with all this information that's available to, available to them in stores and the, on the Internet for free most of the time, you know, with... 
self-help groups, you know, blog talk radio, all these different resources, and yet people don't know. Because most people will go out and get the information they want, and most people have to be told. You know, a lot of times somebody will say, well, man, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Just go read this book. Or you can do it, just go uh, talk to this person. You know, or just uh, go ask these questions. Most people will wait until somebody tells them. Or they'll wait until they really have a need, a true need. Like they're knee-deep in something <laughs> and they got to get out. Yes, but you know what, though, Brian? What happens is it, a lot of times people don't pay attention to domestic violence because they never think or they never thought that this would come into their home. Right. You know, being married is, is, is a tough thing, and, and to live with someone is a, is a tough thing on a day-to-day basis is really tough. Yes. Marriage Actually, life Brian, is not definitely, definitely not easy, no, but right, it's right. well worth it. Yes, but you know, yes, I, mean, I, think yes. So. It, it, I think it's what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I was saying was most people are one argument away from a domestic and a violent issue happening in their home for the very first time. Some of us just know when to cut it off and to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times these people are so, so close to someone being hurt in that household. But somebody in that household had, you know, their act, they're being the adult, and they'll walk away. Or something will happen, and, and it, you know, somebody will go away, or something uh, will happen to just take their attention away from what they're fussing about, and it'll just go away. And now, you know, when the cool heads, they're, they're better now. They can talk. A few minutes later, they can talk about it. And then you may even laugh about it. You know, I was really upset. But you have to really watch that. You have to watch that. But like I said before, I really believe that one of the keys, one of the most important parts of uh, domestic violence and, and trying to stop it is knowing the red flags when it happens when you're dating. Mm-hmm. It's so important to pay close attention to that person. Yeah. But it's a sad thing when you've been with this person, you've been dating this person for five years, and you know this person will do this. You're not living together, but now you get married and now you're staying in the same household. I'm trying to understand what makes that person think that it won't get worse now that you're seeing each other on a day to day. I'm talking every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and that's part of it. They They feel like they're trapped. You know, but I'm here to tell you, you only create, you create the trap. You are the reason you're still there because if you're, if you're in that situation and you want a way out, you have to create that way. You can't just sit there and assume that it's going to go away, especially if you've been in it for a while. If you've been in a situation like that for a while, you can't just assume that, oh, he, one day he'll stop. One day she'll stop, you know, and you can't just, you know, you know, I always tell people, you can't just pray away a situation either. You got to do something. Mm-hmm. You got to have action. You have to take action, you know, and that action can't be to continue the cycle of violence because, you know, like in the case of the uh, the lady who killed her husband who was the pastor, you know, she blew his head off, mm. or she shot him in the back, or whatever it was she did to him. That can't be the solution because now, you know, and she she basically did what sixty six days in jail because she said she was a victim of domestic violence and you know, verbal abuse and all this you know stuff. Which I personally, if she was, I feel sorry for her, mm-hmm. but that does not give her the right to take a. To take revenge like that, she could have easily gotten in her car, took money out of the bank, driven 350 miles away from home with him still being alive, and then reported that he was doing all that stuff to her. She did not have to take a gun and shoot him to get away from it. Mm-hmm. What, what See, mental now, some cases, in some cases, yeah. If you're defending your life, if this person's trying to kill you and you have to defend yourself, that's one thing. But for you to go out and 
and continue the cycle of violence by going and attacking the person that attacked you, what are you showing your children? You're showing them that it's okay to do that. You know, Brian, let me say this. With, with that person that's been beat, kicked, dogged out, or whatever, we have to, I guess, think what state of mind is this person in. They right. may not have it all together. They may have been, I mean, this is this is a, a very bad thing, and for this person to live through that and for us to think that this person is going to think on a normal level, I, I I don't think they can. If it, you know, well, I agree. I agree. Yeah, a person can only take so much, and I, and I agree with you said that they don't have the right to do that, even though that person is doing that to them. They don't have that right to take that person's life. But mentally, that person is probably taking all that they can take, and they don't feel that they have any other outlet to get away from this than to kill. Mm. And a lot of women will say, I'd rather spend my time in prison than to continue living the way that I'm living because I'm already there. Mm-hmm. But I understand, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and the law will not take that in, into consideration unless that person is on you right then and there and you kill that person then. But for you to drive somewhere and to do something, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. But I tell you what, women are coming out of this every day. We talk so much about the pe- that the, the women that this is happening to, but people are being free every day. They're being freed every day. There's, there's, there are women out there right now that are moving into their own homes by themselves. There's women and children. Mm-hmm. They're protected. They've gotten over this thing. They've been fighting for a long time, and now things are starting to look up for them. And that's what we want to see. Yes, yes. That's what we, we want to see. You know, and again, I I keep chiming on this same thing. We have to end that cycle of violence by teaching our next generation that it's not okay. It's not okay. That person is not your property. You didn't purchase that person. You don't have any right other than, okay, let's, your husband and wife, guess what? You own each other. You don't own her and she doesn't own you. You own each other. That doesn't mean that you're their property. That means that you grow together in love. Once you start going the opposite direction of each other, it's probably a good idea to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let it get to the point where, you know, where somebody decides that, oh, you're not going to do what I say? Okay, hold on. Let me get let me go upside your head. Oh, oh, you're not going to do what I say? Okay, well, let me go ahead and neglect you in this other way. You know, we can't let it get to the point where when you have an argument or you have some type of level of contention that it becomes verbal, you know, negatively verbal or physical. You know, and I think the real key is to teach our children the right way. Yes. Once we begin to teach them They'll grow up just like how we've been, you know, just how right now you turn on the TV and the kids know all the channels and they know how to get on the Internet and work a computer better than any adult I know. (laughs) (laughs) Once we start to teach them this, it will become commonplace. It will become a way of life in their lives and in their future, and then we won't even have a forum to speak on with domestic violence. It will be a part of history. That's right. That's right. That's coming. Brian, I, I believe that. I believe that's coming. The women out there that have gone through this, they have a testimony. I don't think they need to keep it to themselves. I think they need to share it with others so that the other people that are coming behind them will know that this person made it through. I can make it through. If this person did it, I can do it. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And, Brian, we, we, we did reach our goal tonight of being more, doing more, and having more. And to all the women that have dealt with this domestic violence, I can tell you the best is yet to come. All you have to do is hold on, stay strong, and you'll definitely make it. You'll definitely make it.
Show these people how to move in here. Come on. Come on, y'all. Come on. 